All right, we are almost live. Well, technically we are live, but how do you feel, bro? This is good. Yeah, I feel good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Should I uh, top off my refreshment before we begin? <laughs> For real, I know we served our drinks, and then <laughs> I was. It just took me so long to set up that. Um, you're basically done with your drink. I don't. I don't think it was even a matter of like how long it took you to set up per se. Mm-hmm. More like me just chugging this shit down. Like, <laughs> are you nervous or what? No, no, I wouldn't say nervous. I'm excited. Yeah. I have nerves. Well, anyways, before we get into it, if you notice a difference in the camera angle or just the quality in general, unfortunately, I did not have access to um, the other two cameras. Um, those other two were my brothers. So until I can. Um, save up enough money to get two more or if any of you guys want to donate to this cause no, cash app is going to be uh, real. Right hopefully it doesn't throw things off too much but um we're still we're just rolling with what we got this is the third episode of the most vulnerable player podcast and today i'm sitting with none other than my best friend brett wydra also my brother um we've known each other since we were five years old playing on the same basketball team that my brother, my older brother coached. Coach Hall, shout out. Yes, sir. What does it feel like, um, like, with the headphones on and actually, because, I mean, we conversate all the time, but right. what does it feel like? What's the difference? Um, well, I mean, obviously, it's out of the norm. Like, we won't yeah. normally sit down with a <laughs> mic in front of us. Yeah. It's a little bizarre at first, but uh, it's not bad, per se. Like, I, I feel like... I got already kind of got used to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Once you get that drink flowing, dog. For sure, that's the key. <laughs> that's why I'm almost done. Yeah. By the way, I have a twisted tea in my hand. What What are you drinking on? It's a proper twelve from Coke Zero. <laughs> Shout out proper twelve. I need you to sponsor me. Proper twelve or I mean, Hallerhead? Fuck. I was gonna say, bro. I thought I think it's Hallerhead. <laughs> so I released the the first or I released a second podcast with my cousin Fonzie earlier this week. Um, I think. Uh, I think it did pretty well. It took me a long-ass time to edit because um, I was having some audio issues. Um, if you're not familiar with, like, basically editing and stuff, um, at least for podcasts, um, how it works is, especially you have if you have the footage from the podcast, um, when you're editing, you take the footage from basically the recording, the microphones, and you sync it up using the camera audio um, from, the, like, the camera from the, the audio from the camera. Um, and usually in Final Cut, there's like a, an option where you can sync up the two audios. So it literally like it matches up everything and you can just go and, and just start basically just choosing the, the angles you want from the different cameras. Um, but for whatever reason, this um, this software wasn't working and um, the mics that I was using. So these are completely different mics. This is a completely different recording system I'm using. The first mics I got, I plugged into my laptop. They were USB mics. And I don't know if you noticed in the last episode, they kept um, this scratching sound every so often would just like come out and it sounded like super ugly and it was pissing me off. Um, but I tried my best. Like, so some of the parts I had to cut out and then um, I literally had to go in like throughout the whole podcast and just sync up the words to like the mouth movement, bro. So it was like, it took me a long time, but it was worth it. And I think I got some, I think it went really well. got some pretty good feedback on it. Um, got some messages that felt really good, man. Just to see that it is um, just even from the first episode or the second episode that 
people are finding it helpful. I know I got a couple messages saying like I relate to a lot of the things you were saying and like um I think one of them um I think it was talking specifically about Fonzie how um you don't have many people um, especially like men that come in nowadays like talk about this type of stuff. So I think it's good, man. I think it's good that I'm I'm happy with how it's how it's going and um like I said, I genuinely enjoy just doing this and having conversations um and then I guess if it continues to grow, that's just a byproduct of, of things. For you know? sure. And, and props to you for setting this all up, bro. Like, Thanks, the, bro. the organization behind this men flew me in to town, <laughs> paid for, put me up in a hotel at the Four Seasons here. Yes, sir. I got to. <laughs> no, nah, but really, like, everything from the setup and all the decoration, the lighting, I was really, like, that's one thing earlier when you're like, oh, were you kind of nervous? It's not really nervous. I was just more, like, wowed and amazed by how much you really put into all this and you could definitely tell by watching the finished product like that video well both episodes are great Mm -hmm. but obviously last episode being the first here in your own studio um it was super easy to watch like Mm -hmm. and i say that because there are podcasts or um little shows that i mean you you enjoy what they're talking about and what what's being said but the way that it's put together is just real cut and dry and Mm -hmm it's kind of hard to sit there and listen to or watch sometimes. Um, but no, like the first two episodes, uh, but specifically the second one, he being here uh, was real enjoyable and easy to watch. For yeah. Sure. I appreciate it, bro. That really means a lot for sure. Um, I, sometimes I forget to like, look, look at like, uh, I, I think I've always been like, just like, I try to work hard, you know? And sometimes I just forget to like, just sit back and realize like, damn, like I did put a lot of effort into this and like really good to look back on and what you've done and just be like, damn, like I'm not where I want to be, but it's like you're trying and like you're you're doing your best, you know? So here's a question for you then. Um, Being that you have videos up on your YouTube channel as well as the podcasts, Mm -hmm. how much do you go back and rewatch your product? The old videos? Any like just in general, like, old videos or for example the podcast that you've been putting out like how how much do you go back and watch through the whole thing over and over again to see like do you study yourself um so like so to answer your question i feel like with the the podcast i do watch pretty often because not often but i've watched them more than my other videos the videos i put out in the past so i've been doing youtube for like three years the videos that I've put out, you know what? I actually do not watch my videos after it. Like I watch them a bunch, obviously before I release them. And then I'll watch them a couple times when they're out. But actually personally, I hate going back and watching my old videos. Really? Cause like not, not even just from like a, I, I think it's just from a creative perspective. We're like, wow, that was, that was terrible. <laughs> just, just because like I, I've, I've seen the improvement I made and like, I feel like I'm much better. So when I go back and see it, I just, I like cringe. I'm just like, dude, I can't believe I put that out. But like, it's cool to see because you see like the improvement throughout the, throughout the time I've been doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I really do not go back and, and watch those videos. Sometimes like the ones I've been, I've traveled sometimes I do. And, um, I, those are kind of fun to watch because the, I think the cool thing about having a YouTube channel um, or just not even a YouTube channel, but making videos and like vlogs and stuff. Um, you go back and rewatch like, and it really remind like it really puts you in that mindset and like 
it reminds you of certain memories and like i'll be watching something and sometimes even though like uh, in the video something like bad happened i'll look back and like i laugh at those type of things now mm-hmm. so it's just like it's it's really cool to um have those type of like memories like put on camera and stuff i agree and, and i i don't i'll admit that i go back and watch that vegas video that you made like yeah at least once a month bro like i had to go back and watch it just because it was such a fun time and you documented it so well and uh if y'all haven't seen it go check it out Mm -hmm. it's on my boy's page right here (laughs) but no it's a good watch for sure like just um because it's almost like a different perspective like we we lived through it obviously Mm -hmm. um but what you captured and the way that you put it together it's completely different perspective on what we were living yeah and what we did because you're like in it and then you go back and watch and it's just like Sometimes it even gives me a perspective of, like, because in real life, sometimes in reality, things can be, like, things can affect you in certain ways. Like, for example, we look back at certain times, like, at the Vegas trip, and, like, there are certain moments where we were, like, fucking pissed at each other. Like, just because you're drinking, it's fucking long weekend, you're tired, and, like, you're hungover, and, like when you're with your boys like sometimes you guys clash and like it's just it's funny but then you look back at the video and like those little things like you remind yourself and it's like dude that was fun as hell like it <laughs> yeah, would, yeah. like the things we were worried about at that time were like and it was funny because we were all clashing over like the smallest dumbest smallest things shit. but it was just like like you said the combination of alcohol and then like <laughs> us being pent up pent up together for yeah it's a lot oh, of testosterone in the room man <laughs> for sure <laughs> for sure that's a good way of putting it but yeah man we we got reintroduced to each other um, when we played on the same, um, we went to the same high school. We kind of lost connection during middle school. We played against each other in, in football and basketball. We were them rivals, boy. For real, the Northeast rivals. Anders, <laughs> and, I mean, Nolan versus uh, Terrace Hills. Yes, sir. Um, I think it's funny, um, looking back on it, how at the time it seemed serious. Like, at least, I don't know if it was the coaches that made it seem that way or if we were just all competitive, mm-hmm. but that seemed like a legit rivalry, even though we're middle schoolers. Yeah. No, like, literally. At that time, it was everything. Yeah. One of the main reasons I want I wanted Brett on, man, was he's, like Fonzie, he's very well-spoken. Um, and I think one of the things that I think we've touched on before I think one of the reasons we really vibed together and we connected from the start was I felt like we were both mature, mature at a very young age. Um, would you would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like, like you said, I feel like that is the main reason that we were able to connect when we did is because we saw that common maturity in each other and we are able to talk about certain things that we might not have been able to talk about with other people at our age or uh, we preferred talking about certain things with each other because of that maturity and where do you think yours um that and in your eyes why why do you think you kind of matured quicker than maybe usual i think there's a, a couple factors i think one would be my parents and the way i was raised obviously the, the most obvious answer um but also, I would have to say, having a younger brother. I have, I have two younger brothers. A uh, little little backstory. I have a younger brother who's seventeen. His name's Craig, and my youngest brother, Kellen, who's ten. Craig was born when I was six, and so I remember when he was born. It kind of added. I don't want to say pressure, 
but it kind of added a responsibility that wasn't really my responsibility, but I felt like it was to lead him down the right path and show him the right way to to carry himself, the right way to behave, at least what I thought was the right way as, as a mm. six-year-old, right? Mm. <laughs> but um, I feel like that definitely helped me mature quickly at a young age. But again, my parents, the way that they raised me, I mean, props to them because my mom always talks about it and I always thought she was full of it, but um, she always says she never talked baby talk to me when I was little. And I was like, ah, bullshit. Everybody talks baby <laughs> talk, right? Mm-hmm. But um, she ended up pulling out some old home videos the other day, and we were watching them. And sure enough, I was like, she's talking to me like a grown-up, bro. Yeah, like Fonzie. Um, and I didn't plan this out, I promise. I'm not just picking on these these people with divorced parents. But um, your parents did get divorced. Um, also around the same time that's, that, Fonzie's, that Fonzie's did. Yeah. Um, can you kind of talk about that time? Yeah, for sure. So it's kind of interesting because I always, at least in my head, um, I always figured that I didn't take my parents' divorce as hard as some people take their parents' divorce, which I'm not in any way trying to sound like I'm tougher than anybody yeah. else or like it's just the circumstances. Like my parents, at least from my perspective as a kid, um, throughout the process of the divorce were pretty civil amongst each other. I think that has a lot to do with it, right? For sure. Like, like, once they actually started splitting up, there wasn't much animosity or, like, big arguments or fights going on. So it was a pretty chill and relaxed environment for us, which I give them credit for because I know probably going through a divorce with somebody isn't the easiest thing to do and keep your composure and shit, which they didn't always do, don't get me wrong, but for the most part it was pretty relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it always kind of felt not natural, but it didn't feel like this huge burden Yeah, that I was going through. Um, and it's just probably the way it was handled. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, again, all props to my parents and, um, family for yeah. helping out with that. Cause, um, that could have definitely been a lot worse than it was yeah. by far. And how did that i feel like that played a big part in why you matured as well as yeah so just you you you're exposed to at that age like i feel like not that you're sheltered um at like 11 12 years old but you're not exposed fully exposed to like reality at least some people for um, sure but yeah, like i was going into middle school when my parents got divorced so yeah. it was definitely a rocky time yeah. in anybody's life pretty much but um so yeah, when that happens, I feel like you are exposed to a little bit of like the real world. So like for sure, yeah, and you learn certain things about your parents maybe that you wouldn't if they were still together. I'm lucky and I feel blessed that that was that led to me being maybe a little more mature at my age, rather than sending me in the opposite opposite direction and like leading to me being traumatized or like. Mm. Um, going through like a little depression or something you know mm-hmm. so i feel like it turned out perfectly almost yeah. for the situation yeah you know again like you said the younger sibling um obviously when parents go through divorce they're not both there all the time like they once were so we did we did live with my mom for the most part uh, we did get to see my dad a lot but during the week when it was 
business time, I guess you could say, going to school and all that. We were mostly with my mom. And so I, at that young age, I didn't I didn't think of it as my brother's going to be missing out on necessarily like a, a father type figure mm-hmm. for those the, the times that we were with just my mom. I thought of it more as like he didn't get to really experience those memories and that time of his parents being together the way that I did. You know, I had 11 years of that to where he was five years old. I probably remember when your parents were together, like, because that's when we were, right. that's when we would hang out and stuff. Yeah, and, I'm sure you remember coming over to the crib yeah. and stuff. So there was that, I mean, just basically leading my little brother, grabbing his hand and trying to show him what I thought was the right and wrong way to do stuff, which again, at this point, I'm 11 years old. So whatever I thought mm-hmm. was right or wrong at that point. But from that, I mean, not just then, but from that point on to your, where you're at now. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's continuous. It's mm-hmm. not, it's never going to stop. Yeah. It's just like, at this point, it's more of an instinct to be like, mm-hmm. yo, like always looking out for him type deal. But I feel like I do that also with my friends and mm-hmm. maybe not as extreme. Like I feel like now that you say it, I think out of our friend group, yeah, out of you, me, Fonzie, and James, sometimes Gabe, Caitlin as well, you are very, uh, you're a voice of, I would say I'm a voice of reason as well, but I feel like you, you're very protective and like you try to, yeah, like you're very protective in a way. And I feel like that has to do with maybe you being an older sibling as well. I think that that's what come, maybe comes from. Are you referring to uh, all the fights that I've <laughs> almost gotten into <laughs> for, for real. when we go out or go on a cruise? Or... And I don't want to paint the picture that Brett's just like some, uh, like he, he's not like. Obviously, he's humongous. I don't know who would want to fuck like fuck with him, but <laughs> I think, like I said, it comes from a good place, that, and he's just very protective of us. And like, um, I've always noticed that, and I, I wonder if that's like that's where it comes from. And could be that's yeah. a good point. I think it's, and that's the thing. Like, I never you you could attest to this. I never go out, or we never mm-hmm. go out to do stuff, and I'm never like, oh, I want to get into a fucking fight tonight, <laughs> or, or I'm never like at the bar. I'm like, what the fuck is this dude looking at? You yeah. know. But it's more of like. Like, yo, or like the other day when we were at, uh, where were we? Later, later. Yeah. And, uh, not the other day, but it's been a while. Later, later. And, uh, that, shit. that dude started bumping into everybody all crazy. Remember, he started putting yeah. his shoulder in everybody. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yeah. And then, like, he hit Fonzie, and Fonzie went flying forward and almost spilled his drink and shit. And I was like, it's times like that where I feel the need to be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. Not because I want to be a tough guy, not because, like, I like to fight or anything <laughs> like that. It's just, like you said, it's more of like a protective instinct almost to want to stick up for y'all like Mm -hmm. but yeah i think that maturity is what we why we really connected in a way because we we always talked about just important things like the conversation we're having now like this is not just a one-time thing like we've we conversate very (laughs) we conversate very often like this and you really don't really think about the really like the real importance of having like a friendship like this and just having friends that really have your the best interests of you at heart and surround you with just just positivity and that you know that like um if you're ever straying in some way or uh, it's just being surrounded by by that those type and of they're people there you know? to lend a hand and yeah. help pick you up or keep you from drifting too far exactly yeah and not many people like we talk about this all the time like we're so fortunate in the fact that we have each other like that and we have relationships like this because not many people have that bro like especially in high school when we were growing up, like it's unfortunate that 
um, people you grow up with and you see and um, maybe you were not super close to, but like you were maybe acquaintances with and like you see them, they just sometimes get up, you get caught up with the wrong crowd and not something you're really thinking about at the time, but um, it ends up, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it shapes your life and it sends you down the wrong path, but for some people it may. Like it, de- it definitely alters your memories and the times that you have at that point, you know, mm-hmm. the the experiences that you have while you're going down that path or, yeah. and, it, and I mean, it very well could shape your future if you mm-hmm. let it. Um, and like you said, it's not necessarily something that you're thinking about at the time. Like, I don't know very many people in high school or middle school that are like, damn, I shouldn't have went and did that. Like, I I'm going down the, a bad path. Or mm-hmm. Unless they have somebody there to be like, yo, what are you yeah. doing, you know? And I um, feel like we, we definitely had each other to where, like, either way, I think our head would, we had a good head on our shoulders, but it's like we kind of, um, you unconsciously just take after the people that you're around, around, yeah. you know? I think that's super. Like that saying you brought up earlier, um, it's like you hang out or you're constantly around four businessmen you become the fifth businessman or you're constantly around four doctors you become the fifth doctor you mm-hmm. know in principle like if you hang around five dickheads you end up being the sixth dickhead you the sixth dickhead you played uh, football almost like damn near your entire life um why football like what, what was it about football that um, well so I, I definitely played multiple sports growing up mm-hmm. Football is just a sport that I fell in love with, and I felt like... And you played, um, you ended up playing college football as well. I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a year of college football at uh, Eastern New Mexico, to Division Two school in Portales. Center? Center, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was a good experience, too, but I, I feel like playing multiple sports when I was younger, I really got to choose, technically, I got to choose what I wanted to play. And football just seemed like the natural choice. I was around it my whole life with my pops watching football or going out and playing it in the street. I just feel like that was the sport that I was around most growing up. And even though I did play baseball and I loved baseball, um, I did play some basketball here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, football was always it for me. Like That boy had some post game for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let me grab them rebounds. Let me set hard ass screens. <laughs> moving screens too. <laughs> Lowering the shoulder. They ain't calling the moving screens at the wreck. <laughs> Hell no. At vets. <laughs> at Nolan Richardson gym. Bro. For real. They ain't calling the moving screens. <laughs> but football was always natural. Um, I was always a bigger kid too, of course. So that helped. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first started, I, uh, the first year I played, I played flag football. And... Uh, we weren't allowed to, as linemen, we weren't allowed to use our hands. Like, we had to keep our hands behind our back. Which, looking at it now, I can see how it could teach what work and stuff. But, oh my God, it's a crock of shit. Yeah, like, yeah it's stupid. How the bro. fuck you want me to block without my hands, bro? <laughs> you know, like... Bro. Yeah, that should not make I sense. I mean, granted, it's flag, so they try and limit contact as much as possible. He looks like it's so stupid. But the, I could tell you what, the very next year I was in tackle, bro. I was like... <laughs> oh, I get to use hands now? But, but it wasn't even me. I was my mom, bro, talking yeah. about... What do you, why can't you use your hands? Like, yeah. oh, I need to go play tackle. <laughs> All right. So by, by eight years old, that's what I think when we started playing tackle together. I didn't always love it the way that I grew to love it, but I never was like, I don't want to play anymore. You know, yeah. it was, 
There's definitely days though where like a little league where like fuck I don't want to go to practice. I feel, like, I feel like any sport it's a love hate, bro. Yeah. It's a love hate relationship with just about any sport. Um, and anybody who tells you otherwise is full of shit, bro. Yeah. Like <laughs> you don't go every day talking about I love this shit. And if you do, I want to meet you for real. <laughs> I I just feel like as I matured, got older, and then especially as I started going through puberty, getting a little more aggressive. That's when football really started getting fun for me yeah. as a, as an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. especially. It's funny because we played football together for, well, obviously there was a gap in between when we went to different middle schools. But um, did you always feel like, because you ended up being a badass basketball player. Like, nah, he's, <laughs> hum- he's being humble as shit. Like, this dude's a baller for real. Um, but did you always feel like basketball was your first choice? Or was there a point where you felt like you wanted to play football more than you wanted to play basketball? Looking back, I think for a while, um, I think basketball was always number one. But I felt like I could have been, for a while, I felt like I could have been better at football just because of. Um, well, you're raw, bro. I was, yeah. I mean, I wish I, that's one, I didn't continue to play, but I wish, I think I could have been pretty good just because as far as my size, I was a pretty ideal size for football especially if I would have gotten bigger for basketball. I mean, I'm six, four, which I mean, I would at the next level, um, you see six, four point guards. Like you rarely see a six, four, like, um, even though I could handle the ball somewhat and like I played outside, it was still like, um, that's more like a three or a four position. And at the next level, like that's, you're going to go be going up against dudes that are six, seven, six, eight. So, in my head, I was like, okay, I think I can make it further in football. That was, like, my thinking early on. Because if you're 6'4", as a receiver or tight end, bro, yeah. that's nice. Like, Yeah, so, like, that's that was my mindset. But I really grew out of love with football. I think, like, um, I, I really enjoyed freshman year. But my sophomore year was, like, honestly pretty shitty. Um, not even just in football, but just in general, like, because of what was going on in football and like my what was like just my experience, it just kind of um, it affected other things. It was I, I'm not gonna blame it all on the coaches, but I think a lot of it had to do with um, just the program and like ultimately, I think I just I really love basketball and it was a matter of wanting to devote my time because I I feel like I'm a person that I I really want to give. 100% and what I'm most passionate about and if I'm not doing that it really it really affects me like I can think about it back to times not just about in football but if I'm not devoting if I'm not giving 100% into what I know I want to do it, it, I feel torn and so that that was 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 kind of going on at that time and that's what led which me sucks because it, it almost I, I know what you're talking about and it almost feels like you're not giving enough to either yeah, either exactly. Or. So that, like you're yeah. not committing enough to either sport, which I, I understand. Yeah, I and coming from on that. at that time, it was like it was a big, like we we talk about like um, how when you're at that age, like sports is everything, you know, especially for athletes. But it was it was a really tough decision because like you don't know how things are gonna play out. So like in the moment, I'm like, I love basketball, but am I making a wrong decision? Like just sticking to this one thing? Like like what if I could end up being a really good football player? But um, I, I think it was the best decision I made because, I mean, I love basketball. And I from that, literally, 
I, I kept my word in saying like, if I'm going to give a football, I'm going to give everything I have into basketball. And like, I did that. And you so. love basketball. Yeah. Bro. Like sure. I know that for, for a fact, like you were a good football player and you might've enjoyed, really enjoyed football, but you loved like you were married to that shit. Bro, yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was a good decision yeah, also. I do. And talking about like sports and stuff, um, because we're both athletes and we kind of, even though we're not athletes anymore, I feel like that has a big part in how we grew up and the type of person, type of people we end up like ended up like growing into and stuff. How do you think like not necessarily sports, but just having something of that sort, like an outlet? Um, how do you think that impacts like someone growing up? I think it's absolutely imperative that you have something to do. Some uh, like I was thinking about it earlier actually it's funny that uh, you bring it up but we have especially when we're in school we have those eight hours a day which when you're there seems like damn near the whole day where you're just in school and a lot of people think that you can get your social time and like all that that you need from being at school well that's bullshit because most of the time you're at school you're sitting at your desk and and you're literally told not to socialize not to talk right and uh, so that was a big thing for me. Like, that's one of the things I attribute to being a little more social is that time I got out at practice. Or, But I think it's super important for kids to have something else to do besides just going to school and going home. Mm-hmm. Whether it be dance or art or whatever you're into. Well, it doesn't have to be a sport. I mean, obviously, that's the path that we were on. Yeah. We, we took the sports path. Um, which I'm grateful for because that I feel like sports instilled, you know, you hear a lot about discipline. Like people think it instilled that's what I was just thinking. A yeah. lot of discipline and it does. It does instill discipline. But more than anything, bro, I think sports really taught me to be social. Like that was my one time a day besides when I went home and got to talk to my mom or my little brother when he was born that I got to socialize in the day. Yeah. You, you formed some of your best friends. And that's, and that's it right there, bro. Like some of the strongest bonds you'll ever have come through. And again, it doesn't have to be sports. In our example, it is. Um, But being involved in something with other people, like working towards... In sports, it's even better because you're working towards a common goal. So it teaches you at a young age how to work well with others also. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, man, I attribute a lot of what I know today and what I am today to playing sports growing up. Mm -hmm. And you were fortunate enough to play in college and... Did you always want to do that? Play um, some sort of sports in college? I did, bro. Um, Mostly football. Once I got to a certain age, I was like, I want to go as far as I can, you know? Like, Was that actively in your mind when you were like, maybe like sophomore, junior year, you were like, I'm going to try to do whatever I can? For sure, yeah. And of course, knowing what I know now and looking back on it, I'm like, fuck, I could have done so much more, you know? But As far as what? Just... uh, Mostly, like, getting my name out there, promoting myself to other colleges Mm. or um, doing certain things on film that might have attracted a little more attention. Like, not that I didn't put out decent film, but, like, I feel like there's certain things that I know now that coaches would be looking for that I could have capitalized on, which is funny because that's some some stuff that I'm trying to, like, teach my brother a little bit. See, and that's how you... Because I'm totally in the same way. I feel like anybody who plays sports, especially, like, at a pretty um, high level, it's, like, 
they're all there's always gonna be things you look back on and it's like even though you worked hard it's like damn i should have fucking did this i should have did that yeah. but it's like i don't think um at least in my opinion it's you brought it up with your brother it's like that's what it's all about you know you you went through certain things and someone before you went through certain things that they they taught you and you, you hear got that them. i crawled so you could walk literally though bro like um obviously like we all have our own path right but the path you took is i mean you you did certain things and like look you're you're passing that down to your little brother if anything that's even more important you know like that you're passing it down to someone else and it's like sure i think that's when he's in the league he can take care of me (laughs) (laughs) bro just ride his coattails that's how i'm doing with asin right now fucking tailoring him dog you better be in the league you (laughs) hear me for real you ended up going to eastern new mexico you signed to eastern new mexico to play um college football so take me through that experience bro What what was that like yeah it was really it was really cool it was uh I mean, obviously, it being a dream of mine to play college ball, um, it was definitely awesome to be there. Now, I think <clears throat> it's definitely probably a different experience than being at a big, like, D1 school. Um, but I was grateful for it. Nonetheless, it was cool to experience. Um, I really enjoyed seeing the different level of competition and being a part of that for a little while. Um it's just a completely different animal. Like the competition level between high school and college is night and day as far as who you have on your team. And I'm not talking down. We had a talented ass squad at Andrews, but um, other people who played college sports can attest to this. It's the like the best of the best are there. So even if it's Division Two, it's just like they're at, and, and everybody's like, trying to prove a point constantly. Mm-hmm. And the thing about D2 is a lot of people have chips on their shoulders because they didn't go D1 or they were D1, came down, or they're trying to get up to D1. You have to work 10 times harder to get a starting job than you would have in high school most of the time. It, w- it was really cool because freshman year, pretty much the whole freshman class got redshirted. When you get redshirted at school, at a college, you don't have a, it doesn't count against your eligibility, uh, but you don't play in any games that year. Or now I think it might be you could play up to four games and still be redshirted. Mm. But it's a year to get familiar with the system, uh, work out, try and add speed or muscle or whatever, you know, would benefit you in that way. But with that, we got the children game day, which was fun. Um, We would always go tailgate for Mm -hmm. the home games. Yeah. And go watch the game, get all crazy (laughs) shit trashed (laughs) and uh, stumble into the stadium and watch the game (laughs) at at 19 years old (laughs) but um (laughs) um and you only played one year yeah yeah i was there for one one year was it a hard decision for you what was the ultimate decision of why you stopped playing so it really came down to almost like you choosing between basketball and football um at least at the time it was me deciding whether I wanted to put my full energy and effort into my degree and getting my degree school or football. Because at the time, um, there was a lot of talk about players changing their degree so that they can have an easier time to play or, and I was like, fuck that. Like I came here to go to school. Mm -hmm. Playing football is just my ticket here. You know, like I'm not going to sacrifice one for the other. And 
I don't think there's a huge chance I can make it to the NFL. So why am I going to dump all this energy and effort into playing football and get a bullshit degree? And then when mm. I'm done, I have nothing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that was the thought process at the time. Um, I wouldn't have put, been able to put in the energy and effort I needed to maximize mm-hmm. my success in the field that I wanted to go into. And was that a hard decision? Because I know there's a lot of, I mean, I had that decision. I didn't play college, but I faced a similar decision when I was deciding whether I wanted to play in college or just continue with academics. So I would kind of face that at the same crossroads just a little earlier. Um, was that a hard decision for you? Because I feel like it is for a lot. No, for sure. Yeah, a difficult decision for sure. Um, because you're you're kind of at you're you're kind of not labeled, but your whole life you're an athlete. Like you're you're a football player. You're like people know me as a basketball player. Like up to that point, so it's like it's like an identity crisis. And like almost. you touched on, I had been playing football damn near my whole life. Yeah. Like most of my life at that point. So it was tough a little bit to let go of. Um, it helped that I th- thought at the time that I was doing it for the right reasons, which I mean, now I mean I could I could could have done it for the right reasons, maybe not, but um, I was okay with the decision after mm-hmm. all, um, and I don't regret it just because that opened the door for a lot of other interesting opportunities and a chance to go experience different things in different parts of the country and um so no i mean it was tough but i definitely stand by my decision if i had to make it again today i'd probably make the same decision mm-hmm. and i'm sure through college you had a lot of i mean you're still are you still going to school or what What are your plans what what are you yeah, doing right um, now i want to i have i'm bouncing between a few different options i want to uh for sure get my degree but I'm weighing out a few. I want I want to eventually get into mental health also. Mm. Um, I want to I want to be a sports psychologist actually. That's, That's like the end goal. Um, I want to. I've always loved sports so much. I want to stay around sports, but I also want to be able to offer help in the best way that I think I could possibly can, and that's through psychology or. Um, mentally helping these athletes so that's what i want to do ultimately do college i'm sure you had a lot of experiences that maybe forced you to grow up in in certain ways and i think that's what college does right like um so what were maybe some experiences you had throughout college that um that you can remember that you learned something like from quickly or like just in general it was like maybe a wake-up call or I got into a little bit of trouble. Um, oh, yeah. I remember this. It was during football season, towards the end of the season, actually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, going back to we'd all go and tailgate. So the, the, the drill was we'd go tailgate before the game, go watch the game, and then after the game we would hit up whatever parties were going on. We practiced all week, went to school all week. It wasn't. So the weekends were our time to let loose in part. We didn't have to play in the game, so we just... I mean, call, that's what's college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but um, so definitely didn't make some of the best decisions, but uh, one time in particular, um, we had gone and tailgated, and we already had plans to hit up a party after the game. The game had just ended. We were like, ah, oh, the 
people aren't really going to start showing up yet. Like, let's go back to the dorm for a little while. And uh, the dorms there had a had a strict. Well, it wasn't even just the do- the dorms. It was the campus in general, a strict no alcohol policy campus wide. Like mm-hmm. twenty one and up were not That's like stupid. Yeah, <laughs> especially for college. Yeah, right? like, what the hell. If I'm, tw- I mean, I understand I was a minor and all, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, not a minor, but I wasn't twenty one. Yeah. I wasn't of drinking age. My bad. We go back to the dorms and. My buddy Fish, shout out my boy Fish. Um, he had a big Yeti cooler bag that we would keep all our alcohol in. <laughs> and it was all accumulated from the tailgate. So there was like two big-ass bottles of liquor. Like, we had gotten a 30-pack of beer. So it was probably like 20, maybe 15 beers left in the cooler bag. It was a big-ass cooler bag. And uh, it was in the back of his truck. And we went to the dorms and... I don't know what the thought process was, but we were like, we're not going to leave this in the back of this truck because somebody could take it. So we're just going to take it inside. And then when we go to the party, we'll bring it back and take it to the party. So And you want to have a few brewskis in the door. Yeah, yeah, chill while we're waiting, have a couple of beers, mm-hmm. keep the keep the party going, you know? Keep the blood flowing. For sure. <laughs> Can't lose the buzz. Yeah. <laughs> but, speaking uh, of buzz. <laughs> but um, so we go up to the room, take the cooler to my room, my and my roommate, uh, Jacob. And we go up to our room, and we're chilling, having a couple beers. It wasn't an uncommon thing for us to do, really. And for those of you that don't know, when you live in a dorm, there's RAs is what they're referred to. Resident assistant or resident? Yeah, I think it is resident assistants. They're basically like students that are the dorm police or the dorm snitches, (laughs) I like to say. But... uh, (laughs) But they could be a real pain in the ass if you don't have a cool one. Um, which we just so happened to have two that weren't cool at all. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, fuck them. For, <laughs> to this day, you can run this fade. <laughs> um, so we're in the room. <laughs> and all four of us are in there. It's me, my roommate Jacob, our buddy Fish, and our buddy Hunter, who is Fish's roommate. And we're chilling, having a couple beers. And our buddy Hunter gets a call. And we're bumping music and shit. So he goes to step outside to take the call. And as he... I'm, I'm sitting on my bed, which is directly aligned with the f- door. And as he throws the door open to answer the call, the RA is standing right there in the hallway. Bro. And we locked <laughs> eyes, dog. Oh, as, I was Did guzzling, you <laughs> as I was guzzling this beer, bro. I was down in this shit. And like, I look over. And I was like, fuck. And the door shut. <laughs> And so I was like, all right, well. Did you already know she's like a, she's a fucking snitch? Narc, yeah. <laughs> so uh, once I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, something's going to happen. Either she's going to get the cops involved or they're going to come search the room themselves. So keep in mind, we have this big-ass cooler bag full of liquor. So I started thinking right away, and I was like, fuck, like, <clears throat> I need to do something. Like, I'm not just going to have them walk in here and stumble upon this bag. And, like, we're fucked. So... Um, Hunter, Jacob, and Fish, I was like, y'all go to to Fish's room so we can get out of this room, get away from the issue, and I'm going to throw, like, stash this real quick. So, why did you um, take the initiative to, like, why did you tell him to leave the room? 
I was gonna be right behind them. Oh, like okay. I, as soon so, as I got done stashing, I was gonna go join oh, them. Okay. But I was like, "Fuck it, it's our room." I'm just gonna. So you just took the responsibility of like, yeah, because at that point we we're all pretty messed up. So you, I didn't yeah. really trust any. Yeah, yeah any, I would do the I'm same. Not, no yeah. offense to anybody, like I just didn't really trust anybody else to get it done right. Yeah. And are I, you panicking at this point, or like a little bit, bro? So <laughs> to add to the story, we had a dab pen that we were all kind of <laughs> passing around the whole night. Yeah, that paranoia type shit. So it was a double, <laughs> like, like. Not only were we pretty messed up from the alcohol, and this sounds so stupid. Like nowadays, I'm like, "Fuck, what was I thinking?" You know. Mm-hmm. But um, not only did we have a good alcohol buzz going, but we were also uh, smoking on that zaza. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, those of you that know, Bro, the, the effects, the effects of that, yeah. Um, there's a little bit of sense of paranoia that started creeping in once I knew that we were busted. Um, so me thinking, trying to think quick on my feet. While being intoxicated, <laughs> I was like, well, I need to stash this somewhere. So the way it worked was um, there was two people to a room, and two rooms would share a bathroom. So it would be four, technically four people to a bathroom. The bathroom was in between both rooms. So I got the cooler, and I went and hid it under the sink in the bathroom. Because so I was like, if they go through the trouble of finding it under the bathroom sink... Then fuck it. I just we deserve to yeah. to get whatever we get. <laughs> yeah. Or if not, I could always be like, oh, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. You might want to talk to them, and not to throw them under the bus, but they could say the same shit. Yeah. And then what are they gonna do? So I throw that shit under the sink, and I have this dab pen on me, and so I start freaking out a little bit about that. I'm like, fuck. Do you have a window? Wearing, yeah, hey. but it wasn't like it wouldn't have been sufficient for me to toss it. I don't think. Yeah. Like, but. I mean, maybe that was a good idea, but I wasn't. <laughs> I definitely were, wasn't thinking of that. You were in the right state of mind. No, I not at all. That. So I put in my sock real quick, and I was wearing boots. So I was like, "Dude, searching the room. He's probably not going to pat me down, but if he does, he'd probably have to go through a lot to find it." Mm-hmm. If I put in my sock. So I do that, and as soon as I get done stashing that and putting the pen in my sock, there's a knock on the door. I'm like, "Fuck!" So I go look through the people, and sure enough, it's a cop. Fuck. Yeah, like a campus and, police and or like a, mind, like a like a like a actual. No, it was like a city or town cop. Mm. Like I I see him to the people. I'm like fuck, but I'm like okay. I, I hid just about everything. We should be good. So I open the door and I let him in. Which at that point, it's not like it was my house. It's not like I could have told them to fuck off. Like you can't come in here. It's <laughs> school property. At the end of the day, this is my house. Right? <laughs> I, I believe in my Second Amendment. You better stay out or you're gonna catch a slug. No, just like, no, but um. He uh, comes into the room, and he's walking around, checking shit out. And in my mind, the whole time, I'm just like, fuck, don't pat me down. Like, I'm more worried at this point about the weed pen that I have in my sock. And so, he starts looking around. He's searching up and down. Doesn't seem like he's finding shit, which he shouldn't. So I'm like, all right, cool. Then he goes to my mini fridge, and there was one beer in the mini fridge. And he pulls it out. And he's like, is this yours? I was like, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Take it down. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's mine. I wanted to be like, oh, no, it's fucking the RAs. He's, he left him in here. I should have done that. Fuck. Yeah. The RA told me to hold on to him for him. <laughs> <laughs> for real. <laughs> but uh, I owned up to it. I was like, yeah, it's mine. Just in the back of my head, hoping he didn't find anything else. Right? Yeah. So he's like, all right, let's go out in the hallway. And so we walk out into the hallway. And keep in mind... Um, at this point, my roommate, Fish, and Hunter, they all went to the other room. 
So he's like, where's your roommate at? I was like, I don't know. Like, he took off a little while ago. I'm not sure where he went. I was trying to, like, at that point, I'm in trouble. But let, let me take it, you know, like, no no sense in me pulling anybody else into it with me at that point. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, um, I'm not sure where he went. You know, he took off a little while ago. He didn't tell me where he was going, blah, blah, blah. And so we're standing there, and he's writing up, like, the citation or whatever. And worst timing ever, bro. <laughs> My roommate Jacob, Fish, and Hunter all walk through the lobby as he's standing there writing my ticket. The fucking snitch SRA, bro, is standing right there. That's him right there. That's his bro. roommate. I was like, bruh. <laughs> so come on over here, son. <laughs> so my roommate comes over and just gives him the whole spiel to bro, over one beer. That's what they found, bro. One beer. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. And I thought I'm a guy that shit, bro. I was, I was getting ready to fucking <laughs> beat that shit, bro. I was like, Phew. but then found it. So here we are. They write us a citation. We have to go to court. It was a whole thing, bro, for one beer. Which, I mean, I know technically it is illegal, but, well, we're in fucking college. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one beer. Yeah. We had to pay some fines or whatever, but we really just got community service, which was fucked up, bro. Like, not yeah. not the fact that we got community service, but... The way that we did our community service, um, we didn't take the best route, I don't think. So we got assigned a, a pretty decent amount of hours. So we were trying to knock. We didn't have much free time, keep in mind. So we were student athletes. So practice and school took up all, the whole week. Um, so we had to get this shit done on the weekends. So we found out that the zoo, the next town over in Clovis, which is about... 20, 25 minutes away was offering community service hours and you could work a whole day. So you work eight hours at the zoo. They'll give you eight hours of community service. So we're like, oh, fuck yeah. We can knock this shit out quick. And uh, I'll never forget the first day we went. I was like, what the fuck are we doing here, bro? Like, <laughs> Did it occur to you that you're going to pick up shit? Or? Well, I mean, it, it, that was we knew that was a possibility. Yeah. But it wasn't like, that, that wasn't the big deal, bro. Yeah. It's like, whatever. But we get there, bro, and they start showing us around a little bit. And then some shit happens. Like, we hear it on the radio. They start, like, panicking and shit. And we didn't, it wasn't clear enough for us to understand what was going on. But we end up going back to, like, the main area. And they're like, there's a pipe, a pipe burst. We got to find out where it's leaking from. So we need y'all. There's a plot of land that's, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 20 feet long, 5 feet wide. Like, we need y'all to just start digging until you find where the leak is. Like some holes type bro, shit. Like some holes type shit. So here we are, bro. With some orange jumpsuits. Digging, digging holes at the zoo, <laughs> trying to find where this leak is coming from. And the people that work at the zoo aren't the brightest. Mm. <laughs> and I, if the, I don't know if that's hard to believe, but uh, <laughs> digging holes. That was just the first day. But then, as they started getting more comfortable with us being around, we would go into like animal enclosures and shit, oh, shit. like. I remember uh, they had some wildebeests. I don't know if you guys know what wildebeests are, but they're like, they're native of Africa, I'm pretty sure, but they're... Hogs, no? No, they're not hogs. I think they're more like deer, elk, but they're like fucking huge, like Mm -hmm. aggressive as fuck, too. They were mean as fuck. Like, they would always charge the the side of the enclosure and shit. So they ended up breaking us off. One of us would go with one of the zookeepers, and one of us would go with the other zookeeper. I I put that in quotation because they were not trained zookeepers, bro. (laughs) These were... People off the street and yeah. that were willing to 
that were crazy enough to get into the fucking enclosures with these animals. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to pull the truck in, and I need you to close the gate behind me. And I was like, so I'm going to be on foot in this fucking enclosure for like <laughs> 10 seconds when these motherfuckers are charging on, all right, whatever. At that point, I'm just like, there's no talking sense into this motherfucker. Let's let me do it. So he pulls in. I hop out the back of the truck, go to close the gate. And meanwhile, I look across the enclosure, and the fucking one wildebeest is eyes locked with mine. And I see him from across the way, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so I swing the door shut real quick, and I jump in the truck. He's all, oh, you made it. Like, it was a surprise and shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, you think I was going to get fucking murked out here or what? <laughs> and... uh we're in the truck, and he's all, yeah, that's Denton. <laughs> I'm all, Denton? I'm like, the town in Texas? Like, yeah, Denton. He's like, no, nah, we named him Denton because he rams everything, puts big old dents in it. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you got to get the fuck out bro, of here. Bro, I was like, is there any other place around here that offers community service talk? <laughs> fuck this. And sure enough, bro, we're in the truck, and he's driving over to the um, where they keep their food and water so they can refill it. And as we're slowly cruising along, this motherfucker just runs over and <laughs> clocks the truck. Boom! The truck, I swear to God, was up on two wheels for a second, bro. Like, I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? Like, oh, yeah, he's just playing around. I'm like, you sure, bro? He seems pretty pissed off. <laughs> like, like, bro, I don't think I don't think he's playing, dog. So I'm like, fuck, at least we're in the truck, right? Oh. So he backs away, and then I see him, like, do a little circle and again fucking hauling ass like full speed boom hits the fucking truck again and I was like god damn yo, yep, that's why we call him yep that's why we call him Denton I'm like oh shit get, just get me the fuck out of here dude <laughs> get me the fuck out of here please for real that shit was crazy Oh, but no, nah, that was my experience at the Club of Zoom. Shout out to those people, hardworking <laughs> people. But, but you, I'm sure you learned a valuable lesson from that time sure. in your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, hopefully that's a lesson that I had to learn that my... Things didn't. Yeah, <laughs> things didn't. <laughs> you ended up moving to North Carolina, um, mm-hmm. I think, with your uncle. Yeah. So what, what prompted you to go ahead and do <clears> that? So they had been out there for a few years now they they lived here in El Paso I grew up it's funny we actually grew up uh right next door to them um and so we we're always I was always real close with them and they had moved up to North Carolina a few years back from my uncle's work I had gone up to visit and I really liked it I really enjoyed being over there on the east coast and like I had always it always kind of been in the back of my mind that I wanted to try or wanted to see more like what it was like up there for a while go to school Just, um live elsewhere yeah and, there, and there's a lot of opportunities school-wise there i mean as there is a lot of places but that seemed to be a pretty promising situation being able to stay with my uncle and aunt and like it was completely different from El Paso. like and not to say that it was good and El Paso was bad it was just different i know a lot of people don't really get that opportunity to live elsewhere and check it out i feel like um the fact that you um, I know there's a lot of people um, that have aspirations to like to talk about moving and going elsewhere and stuff, but for whatever reason, it's hard to put into place and really actually go through with that. And the fact that you actually made it happen, and um, I think it just says a lot because it's not you'd think oh it's just like oh let me just move here, but for whatever reason, there's always that little like barrier people have to. 
For sure. Through. And it was tough because, again, like, of course I had family there. Family who I was really close with and who I loved. But when it came to my social life outside of that, yeah. I didn't know anybody. I was yeah. by myself. Yeah, that's far as hell. It's like Yeah. <laughs> so different if you you would almost it almost feels like you're in a different country um between here and El Paso and up there it was really the first place that I experienced not myself but I got to see and I I don't mean got to see like it was a good thing but or uh, enjoyable but um I really got to experience like legitimate racism for the first time cuz being in El Paso it's like we're it's yeah, almost this we're so culturally diverse here um, well, there's a lot of Hispanics for sure. It's not necessarily that we're so culturally diverse. It's just, I think almost the opposite. Like it's so much of just almost one race. That, that's true. Yeah. That it's kind of I like, agree. yeah. But, um, like to witness the animosity that I was, that I would see between a white and a black family at the grocery store that didn't even know each other. But, but you like, can just feel but, like, like you could feel it and like you could see it like. They give each other a weird look when they go by type shit. That's crazy. And that's something, again, that I'm not used to, you know? I mean, especially, we you do talk about how, like, El Paso is very much of very Hispanic. But at the same time, where we grew up, like, in the Northeast, I feel like that is... We're especially not used to saying that because it's very culturally diverse in the fact that, like, there's a lot of blacks, there's a lot of Mexicans, there's white, there's whites as well. It's like... I feel like we got a taste of that. And so oh, for sure. seeing that, it was like, I'm sure it was very different for you seeing that. You know? Yeah, definitely. And it sucked. Like, I hated that shit. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to feel that ever again. For someone who's wanting to go out and explore and, like, just see how life is elsewhere. And maybe not so much in El Paso, but it could be if you live in El Paso, you're probably listening to this. But if someone wants to go ahead and do something similar and move somewhere, like, what is advice you would give someone to like either mentally or like yeah just to help them in that you know honestly just come up with a plan where you want to go what you want to do um like a checklist really say you want to move to las vegas what do i need to do to be able to support myself there or because i got like ad family in north carolina that Mm -hmm. was a good option for me but if not i would have had to really figure out what I was going to do to support myself, how much money I need, I would need to make to do that, which isn't really anything big. You can figure all the logistics out pretty easily if you really like. It, we make it a bigger deal than it is. No, for sure. Yeah. And I feel like getting out and experiencing a different place is something that everyone should do. And once like, you do it, I feel like you can, you 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 don't mind doing it again. And it's like once you do it once, it's like oh, like I can do this type. Yeah. Thing, you know? When you grow up in one place and you live in one place your whole life it's hard to understand that somewhere else could be so different. Like, and then the experiences that you might have other places or vacations or trips where you're there for a couple of days, you really, you might experience a few things, but you're really not going to get the full effect. Mm-hmm. Did it help you realize how much you miss, not miss, but how much you appreciate El Paso and your family? For sure. Yeah. No, um, not that I'm not going to sit here and say that El Paso is my favorite place, but it's also not a show. You know, it's not like I hate El Paso. It, I love it. It's beautiful, but in its own little way. But um, it definitely, while I was gone, did make me realize what I took for granted here. Like, I took for granted, like, small shit, like the mountains. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's mountains other places, but there's hardly anywhere else in, in the country, probably in the world, really, 
where the mountains look the way that they do here. Mm-hmm. It's weird because El Paso is a huge city. It's a really big city, but it f- feels like a small town sometimes. Bro. Like, you be yeah. running into people you know all the time. And like, I don't know. I mean, it could be like that other places, too. It seems very unique, bro. It is. It is. And I, I don't know if it's because we live I'm here. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a world traveler. Yeah. And I've experienced everywhere. But I have been to quite a few different places. And there really is nothing like El Paso. And I think other people that have visited would, would attest to that as well. Maybe not necessarily. Well, I guess you could say so by visiting. But if you were to spend, like, at least a week here. You'd, the, yeah. yeah, you'd for, for sure notice. Where do you see yourself, um, if you think about it, I know some people, they live very much in the moment, but where do you see yourself in 10 years? Like, what, what do you see yourself doing? And if if money, if money and, like, um, you weren't thinking about if you were going to fail and that wasn't really a factor, but you, what would you see yourself doing, ideally? Ideally, I'd be... Pursuing my career in sports psychology. What is it about it that makes you passionate about that? Well, it's a it's a combination of being around sports and something that I've been around my whole life and I love so much. Being around that environment and those type of people still and offering much needed help. Like you were talking about earlier how not too many males are willing to open up and talk about like different things that happen in their life, whether it be good or bad, you know. And I feel like that stigma is even stronger. Like, on top of being a male for male athletes, athletes, and female athletes as well. Like, being an, like athletes themselves go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Some perceive it as being weak if you open up about certain things. But I do feel like opening up and getting the right feedback and being able to let some things off your chest while also getting some guidance and help along the way mentally can really take some of these athletes games to the next level is there anything that keeps you up at night that's a good question maybe something that is a lingering i mean we we have the problems we we have problems that we face like on a daily basis right and like things we think about and the normal like everyday um stressors and things like that but is there something that is something that constantly still lingers where it's like it's something that you're worried about or something that you're actively always trying to face within yourself. I feel like really just trying to become the best version of myself. Like I know that there's tons of potential there. And if I put in the work, the sky's the limit. It's just a matter of like really making sure that I get myself to do that and to act on it rather than just thinking about it and, like fantasizing it like yeah it's cool to sit here and talk about shit but unless you actually put it into motion and do something to make that a reality it's just going to be a thought and a dream knowing that it's a constant battle and that it's something that might not ever be done but it's something that i constantly want to be working towards and there are times where i know i'm not doing what i should be doing to be the best version of myself and that could kind of get me in like kind of mess with my head and give me like a little funk sometimes and i think you talk about how like you go through those little times where you know you you're not doing what you should be doing and it's like what's crazy is that at least you have that feeling where it's like yes sometimes you aren't but at least you know like i think everybody does have that where it's like 
you know what you should be doing. It's just sometimes like you don't, and sometimes it goes a little too long without you doing that. And but the fact that I think it's important for people people to understand like everybody has that whether it's like that compass or moral compass inside you where it's like you know if you're not doing what you should be doing to continue to progress your yourself and your life you know and so like and then you talking about how i i, I kind of deal with the same too but the same thing too bro it's like it's always a constant battle where am i doing what i can to reach my potential at, at the end of the day it's like because and you touched on it as well how i mean it's something i always think about where like everybody has like ideas and things they want to do and and aspirations but it's really like of i've always think about it is like i never want to not act on that I, I always think about that like i think there's too many people especially too many people with like talent and are intelligent and they have like so much potential but it's like for, for whatever reason like it's a lot of it is just getting in your own way you know it's that i think that's all i always think about that like it's just really if you learn to get out of your own way and just like just let yourself be it's like i think you just open up a new level you level, level up yeah. yeah for sure that but that's the thing it's a constant struggle you know it's it's the struggle of just like and that's the thing like we can sit here all day and be like oh i'm gonna be better at doing this or i'm gonna make sure i you know get up and work towards my goal today but then actually getting up and doing it is a completely different thing like, yeah, you have to it's make different sure it's different when you when you're up at night saying like oh i'm gonna do this but then that 6 a.m alarm hits and you're mm-hmm. like i don't want to get up but then it's a vicious cycle you don't get up in the morning and do what you need to do then you're there again at night Fuck. yeah i should have gotten better today i should have did what i needed to do and think about that feeling and and apply it to imagine that goes on for 10 15 years bro like because that's that happens to people is like that could i mean that's probably a big reason why some people would fall into depression yeah that thought mm-hmm. like some sometimes you like you don't even realize like and that's the importance of having people like like relationships like this because let's just say you go too long with getting that cycle of just getting in the constantly getting in the way and just we can't make excuses for ourselves sometimes so it really takes someone to be like either to say be vocal about it to you that like you're not you're not doing all that you can to be the best version of yourself or like you have so much more potential or that's also the importance of just naturally surrounding yourself to with people that are on that same path and are gonna you know are gonna continue and push um, to push themselves and you just follow that route you know you follow along i think i'm I'm really glad to have like people like that bro oh yeah me too bro for sure <laughs> like just me being just clarifying like i'm not saying like our circle of friends is like oh, it's better than everybody no, else no, but no, 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 it's no. like the fact that we've been so fortunate in the fact to be able to just relate to each other so well it's like it's crazy. What is something that you feel like you need more of in your life or that you would want to implement more of? I feel like I could definitely maximize my time better and being a little more disciplined with that, you know? Like. Yeah. The thing is also about that, like we talk about improving and bettering ourselves. It's also can go too far. Like I understand there's a whole culture 
built around like working hard and and getting after it and just continually progressing and moving forward onto the next goal but at the same time it's like while i definitely do believe you should work hard i think um where we live in the society now we're like it's just it's gone too far in that direction to where like people just feel like they're behind when really they're just on their like you're on your own path and you're gonna you just figure out things out a different way and like you you learn certain things different ways and don't get me wrong there's times where people are lazy and and such but i definitely think we're this culture of like i need to accomplish this accomplish that what's next it's like i think it's it breeds a lot of unhappiness just from my personal experience and also just people i talk to it's like i definitely feel like people feel that you know for sure that makes a lot of sense yeah and it's crazy because it's not like it's a very not to say that people don't work hard elsewhere outside of the u.s but it's a very um thing that's very unique about the u.s that culture of like just that work culture you know but it's funny because i feel like a lot of there's a lot of statements made about especially our generation now not continuing that or not wanting to better the country like us being like lazy in a way lazy or also like we have it easy or like yeah i i think about that too we're like um the older generations look at us and like see us doing like this fucking podcast for crying out loud. Like, <laughs> like what the f- like, but at the same time, if you go back from what I understand, my dad's my dad's generation, his parents were probably saying the same exact thing about them and shit like that they were doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like a constant. We're gonna be we're gonna be saying the same shit about our our kids, and it's like who knows we're gonna read what they're gonna be doing. It's really just a. Um, like just changing of times are really I think it's just the main difference between us and our older generations is that social media aspect where it's like it's completely yeah. changed bro whenever you're going through like a little rough patch whether it's mentally physically or just in general really what is something that you turn to or that you think about that that you can think of that has usually helped you get out of it or that pushes you forward when when things get tough um it usually always falls back on family and friends like not wanting to let any anyone down like not wanting to let my family down not wanting to let any of you guys down really yeah bro like i feel like especially with family like i know that my upbringing required a lot from my parents as many people's upbringing do But I don't want that to be all for nothing or all for the bare minimum, you know, like same thing with my brother. I don't want my brother to grow up with or get older with me and see me be nothing of myself. You know, like I want to continue leading that good example. And that's another thing I know it's hard because I know I don't always do that all the time. But that is something that I really want to strive to create. And not that he even needs it anymore at this age, but. Like we talked about earlier, I'm always going to be his older brother. Like, mm-hmm. he's always going to have me to look for answers. And I want to be there to help him with that. I don't want to be like, oh, I don't know. So you don't want to disappoint your your the people that love, that love you? Pretty much, yeah. 
That's, and that's interesting. Obviously, I want things for myself also, right? Like, yeah. I want to be able to do what I want, what I love, and I want to be able to have a good... But, like, as far as, like, motiv- motivation goes, like, <clears throat> that shit scares me. Like, I don't mm. want to be doing nothing with my life, and it's just something that I think about. Yeah. Do you feel like those feelings are okay to have? Because we're very young. I don't feel like it gets unhealthy to where I'm like, I better do this, this, or this, or I'm going to fail everybody. Yeah. But, like, when it comes time for me to need, like, when, when I need to really dig deep and tell myself that I need to push push forward and get shit going, that's what I think of. Mm-hmm. I would say I can relate to that in the fact not it's not a lot of my mindset but when you say like disappointing your loved one not necessarily disappointing but like showing them that you didn't live up to your full potential or showing them that you didn't live up to what maybe they've they they've put in so much time and effort and so much love into you and belief. Like, yeah and if that's another word like belief and if you don't if you don't live up to that then it's just kind of and not that they'd put pressure on you but no, it's just yeah no not at all mm-hmm. but that's something that I don't want on my conscience, you know. Like, oh, you sacrificed all this for me. Well, thanks, but yeah. I'm good doing the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. I'm good, and I'm, I'm not saying that there needs to be a rush to do to be successful or do these things. Do you feel like in our generation, people that feel like there is because no doubt, I, I yeah, do. absolutely, yeah. Like, what what does that come from? Mostly social media, I think. Just seeing other people's like, just oh, like. There's examples of, like, us being two years into college and people already graduating and shit, or, like... And then, of course, it's all on social media, which is cool. You should be proud, you know? You should show that that happened, but, like, that could definitely be discouraging to people that are still going through it, that are still in the trenches, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, well, why, why didn't I get that yeah. done that quickly, or, you know? But There's someone I always think about, it's, it's comparison is a thief of joy, and that's, like... 100% the case like yeah that's really great i never heard that before yeah comparison is the thief of joy and we do it like we do it unconsciously like we see it and just like and then, and that's the thing too talking about i mean social media like i'm not going to sit here and blame everything on social yeah, media yeah there's definitely a lot of positives but there wasn't near as much comparison before social media or back before they had that kind of technology as there is now mm mm-hmm. This is why I don't smoke weed anymore because just in general as I think about like just like just questions about like uh, life and just deep questions like that. So that's like my default mode. So you can imagine when I'm like high, I'm just like, it's too much, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, why do you feel like like in your eyes, whether it's like I don't think you're a very religious person, but like um, why do you feel like we're here? Or- did you say that? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Are you assuming? <laughs> Yeah, why are we here and like what is the purpose of what we're doing? Like what what's the meaning of this if there is to you of life? I honestly feel like at least right now from what I've gathered most of the meaning of life right now is the experiences that you have in your life because at some point whether there's an afterlife or not, you're not going to be able to experience those things anymore. You're not going to be able to create your own story. So I feel like it's really important for people regardless of your faith to really stop and enjoy things that are going on in their life and i do it i I still to this day with that philosophy take so much for granted but 
I've learned and gotten better at like really enjoying the, the little things or like sometimes it's not the little things sometimes it's big deals but I still like try to enjoy them to, to the fullest like going on our trips bro like some like we've taken multiple trips now and done some things that Made some memories. people some people don't get to do in a lifetime yeah. you know and at the end of the day that's what we're for sure going to be left with our experiences before we wrap up what is something that you want to leave the, this this show is about mental health and really just having conversations to um, not just for the benefits of us but for people can hear the things we talk about and maybe hopefully relate to them so yeah. especially from a mental health standpoint so let's just say someone's going through a rough time um they're struggling through something whether it's mentally physically um i don't know they just they're they're not sure what path to take in life they're um i don't know they're just struggling in, in some way what is just like some words of of advice and if or encouragement or yeah, just anything you want to say. I would say number one, never be afraid to express your feelings or let somebody know that you're struggling. People go through some crazy shit without even looking for help or somebody to talk to. And there's so many people out there that really would care, really would sit down and listen to what you have to say. And there might be a few people that that won't or don't, but you will find somebody that will. And I think it's important that if you are going through that time and you recognize that you're having a tough time, that you really sit down and find somebody to talk to. Because there are gonna, there's always going to be somebody there. You just have to look for them sometimes. But really sitting down and telling someone how you feel, and even if you're not a social person, um, really getting that off your chest can do wonders i've always been and it's easy for i know it's easy for me to say i'm I'm a pretty social person i've never really had a problem talking to people but i do know for a fact that when i have had issues and i've talked about them it's helped me tremendously and there's nothing there's no stupid reason to go and talk to somebody or to to get help like everybody goes to their own issues and don't think just because your issue might be different from someone else's or you might be dealing with something that's not as common as what you're hearing out around around you that it's any less significant and like i said really just find somebody to talk to and it'll it'll help you tremendously get that weight off your chest damn you speak facts (laughs) (laughs) and with that that was my boy brett brett wydra Yes, sir. We'll be here constantly adjusting the mic. Sorry, guys. (laughs) No, we've had a couple of difficulties, but definitely not anywhere. Um, Technically, from a technical perspective, everything seems smooth, but it was on my end where I forgot to hit record a couple of times. But other than that, um, I think we're all good. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that we did this. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me, bro. It's an honor, really. Oh, yeah. I know we've been talking about it for a while and to actually get to do it. It's awesome. And I hope someone out there finds some value in in this conversation and Mm. even if it's just a laugh get a good laugh out of it no for Um, sure and yeah this is the third episode um i'm gonna try to be doing these at least at the very least once every two weeks i'm gonna try for once a week um we're just gonna play it by ear see how it goes but yeah man i i really appreciate you guys tuning into this show um i'm not sure when 
you'll hear this next but if you're watching this on youtube please do not forget to hit that like and subscribe button um because turn on them post notifications <laughs> too Hell yeah and then if you're watching this on spotify or if you're listening to this on spotify or apple music um please um download and just follow this this show i'm gonna try to be uploading consistently and yeah man i'm super grateful for you guys so i hope you guys have a good day and just keep keep going man real quick if i could add one more thing go off bro if you are listening to this podcast right now you're in at the ground level this thing's going places baby so strap in because this is going to be a part of something special yeah bro i hope so and you my friend today were the most vulnerable player oh thank you thank you very much (laughs) cue outro music i said most vulnerable. my companion that'd be cool